Welcome to episode 213 of the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. Alongside Brian Cristiano in studio. Yes, uh, literally alongside still in New York, in bold. What's up, Rob? I'm Rob Cressy. Today's topic, Nike's quest for the two-hour marathon. Brian, this just happened, and I have a feeling I'm going to be on the other end of the spectrum from you on this conversation because we did a podcast about this previously. Yeah, with John Kane. Uh, I'm a runner. You're in endurance sports. We're always having our eyes on sports media, what's going on. So we knew this was happening. Yep. And they were creating uh, their agency, I think it was Whedon Kennedy. Whedon and Kennedy. Whedon and Kennedy uh, was creating videos about this campaign. I'm a runner in Chicago, so I've certainly liked plenty of pages and races for somebody to target me to be uh, somebody who could consume this content and be part of their target demographic. And guess how much stuff I saw about this? You didn't see any of it. Not a single thing until I started to do research today about how Nike came close but didn't end up being able to do it. Uh, the, the racer finished at two hours and 25 seconds. So close. 25 seconds off breaking the two-hour barrier, which is crazy. So what do you want to start with this? So here's the deal. The world record was two hours, just over two hours and two minutes. Uh, even if Nike pulled this off, their athletes pulled this off, it wouldn't be a world record because you know it wouldn't be official and they were doing some questionable tactics like running with it behind the car and all of that. But regardless, nonetheless, even with all of that happening for a person to run sub two hours it's 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 almost like you know a lot of people are saying that's impossible to do naturally and and all of this other stuff and it is about as elusive as the four minute mile was until Roger Bannister broke it in 1954 because before that everyone said you can't it's not humanly possible to break the four hour mark and then after Roger Bannister did it so many people have done it since so maybe the two hour mark in the marathon is possible maybe. Maybe this is the same thing, um, but the whole deal, we're going to talk about the marketing side, the whole deal with this was Nike did an incredible job. They took seven months, athletes were training for this uh, to try to break the two hour. They did mini content, mini documentaries, mini documentaries on each of the runners, their training, their mindset. They even made special Nike shoes just for the event with carbon fiber soles, all this crazy stuff. Um, and... I think it's an extreme example of what every brand should be doing, right? Like, what is the target, right? Because if you think about Nike as a brand, what are they trying to accomplish? Trying to say, like, look, we are innovators in sport. We are pushing the boundaries of what's possible. Just do it, so on and so forth. So it's natural for them to say, hey, let's try to break this record. Let's document it. Let's tell that story. And I think any brand should be doing similar, even if not necessarily at this scale. It's a perfect example of what you should do. So who are they targeting this campaign to then? Since if I didn't see anything about this, and even though they did creative and there was marketing and I, I don't know, was this televised or was this live streamed? It was live streamed. So yeah, it was done in Italy on a Formula F1 track. I forget what time o'clock in the morning it was there, but it was late night here. So I don't know, right? Because here's the deal. I saw a lot of this stuff, right? I mean, maybe it's just because I, I, I'm you know a little deeper into the running world and stuff, but I saw this stuff getting shared by a lot of the, my friends who are runners, uh, athletes, pro athletes, amateur athletes. So for me, I had been seeing this story for a while. So I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, m- m- maybe it was a bit more organic 
than it was, you know, a paid push outside of actually the production. Uh, I'm obviously not sure exactly how they did that, but I saw a lot of it, not all of the content, but I think, you know, what's very interesting about the way that Nike did this was, of course, they set up like, hey, we're going to do this impossible thing, number one. Number two, we're going to document this. We're going to create all this ongoing content, number two. Then they obviously did the event. Even though they didn't break the two-hour mark, well, it came really close. So even though they didn't do it, I mean, the amount of press, the amount of conversation within, and maybe it was just the hyper-specific, like, very serious running market, but within that market, I saw so much conversation, I mean, on my Facebook page, I couldn't find somebody that I knew that was a runner that wasn't talking about it the you know few days leading up and that night and the next day. So I saw a lot of conversation around this, uh, probably to the right people. And um, the bigger thing for this is Nike and Wyden and Kennedy were really smart because they didn't just say, "Hey, let's do this. Let's do this thing. It's gonna you know semi gimmicky because it is." But we're going to document the process. We're going to create a product and shoes that, you know, is directly attaches back to the brand. But guess what? They're coming out. I don't know when it's going to launch, but they're coming out with a full documentary that they're going to release, I think, end of the summer or something like that. So they've turned this into not just marketing and ongoing content, but they've turned it into a feature documentary, which so now this story, even though they didn't make it happen, they didn't break two hours. They've turned this into an ongoing story that people are going to watch for years to come. So to me, this is like, this is what marketing is. It is ongoing storytelling of real stuff, real people, real athletes that attaches back to the brand that then has legs beyond that specific event. That is what marketing is. Yeah, shout out to that integration because it's the the storyline building up to it. So when we're going to watch that documentary, it's like, did he make this happen? And there's two scenarios Similar to when we were talking to the CMO of the Cavs, when we're like, when it's game seven, you're trying to watch a game, but you're also planning, we could either have just lost the biggest game of our lives, or we're going to have the biggest celebration of our lives. And this story was going to be telling the exact same thing leading up to it, probably talking to the runners. How are you feeling? Is this going to be possible? And I'm sure they littered in there the number of people who said, this isn't possible, but I don't think that... That's the number one narrative. It's just the journey of what it takes. And the fact that somebody even ran this is just ridiculous. Even though as a casual runner, I probably don't appreciate when you say that this is something that no one thought is possible. When I look at it and he had two hours with 25 seconds, you're saying he can just shave one second off of his time to get that. It doesn't seem as impossible to me as the reality may be. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's it, right? And and I think to understand, to even get to two hours and 25 seconds is pushing the feats of human biology, shaving an additional one plus second off every single mile on average for 26 miles. I mean, you're talking, right? We're saying that, um, you know, until 1954, everyone thought it was biologically impossible to break the four minutes per mile to run under two hours in a marathon, you're running like four minutes and thirty something seconds per mile. But why can't so why for couldn't every single but why mile. can't through natural athleticism and evolution look at the way the NBA has evolved from the way players were back then to what LeBron James looks like right now? Well, so of course, just I, the I, amount I, of technology, eating, training, 
the amount of things in there, I don't understand why we just can't naturally always be getting better. Yes, but at some point, like human biology is not, yes, the technology and so forth, but human biology does not make, like, you don't wake up in one generation and all of a sudden are, you know, 5%, you know, more efficient at running or 5% faster. And I think to go from two minute, two hours and two minutes and change to two hours, just under two hours is over like a 3% or 4%, maybe, maybe I'm getting that wrong wrong, but it is substantially more improvement. And to think about when you're two hours and two minutes is the world record that is, you know, probably even questionable at that speed to be pushing that far, that fast for that long, and then still be able to improve two to four or 5%. Like that's questionable. And again, like you also have to take into consideration, this was done under perfect conditions on a F1 race car track with multiple pacers jumping in and jumping out every couple of miles behind a car. So there's draft factor with, you know, every possible technological advancement and to get within 25 seconds. I still think it's incredibly incredible that it's possible, but under normal circumstances, I'm not saying that it is impossible, um, you know, because I don't believe that anything is, but the reality is, and again, it may be to like the lame, you know, the layman runner, it doesn't seem like it's that far off. It is, that is like night and day as far as going that much faster per mile. Because again, when you think about it, go, go run a four minute and 40 second, one mile and see how you feel. Probably most people can't even do that for one mile. Let it, maybe, even, not. maybe not even a half a mile, go and do that for 26.2 miles. Like that's how, that is the level of athleticism we're talking about. So Brian, let's end on this. Who was this campaign targeted to? Runners. Okay, but let's, runners in general, are we talking elite runners or is this, we run run a 5K, 10K, half marathon, or what could the trickle down be? Because they, the runners were wearing special new Nike shoes. So when me as a runner, the one thing that I can do to be like that guy in theory is to buy those shoes if I wanted. So is there a consumer component to this that... By them doing this campaign, ultimately me, the runner who's going to go to Fleet Feet in Chicago, looking to buy my new pair of shoes, is this going to have a trickle-down effect, or is this more about the elite running community and what it means to speak to your audience in their language? This is the brilliance of the campaign and what Nike and WNK did, right? So... In the short term, in the midterm, it is very much focused in on the serious runner, the serious athlete who would pay attention to this, that would understand how important two hours is, how to understand the controversy around doing it. That's the short-term effect. The long-term effect is two things. One, we're talking about it, so other people who aren't aware are going to hear about it. Um, Those people who are serious are going to talk about it to their friends, maybe less serious runners. In the longer, longer term, they come out with this documentary. If the documentary is fascinating and is a hit, now all of a sudden you can bring a wider audience to be aware that this was even a barrier to begin with and educate them and then show how advanced Nike is in trying to push boundaries. So this is why this is so pinnacle as a marketing campaign because they thought about how do we reach the most prime target demographic about runners, serious people who'd understand the importance of this, get them talking, create some controversy, push ourselves as a company, push the athletes, you know, whether you agree or disagree doesn't matter. 
And then on the long tail, it's we're going to create this documentary, educate people on a broader scale. And if they do that well enough, now people outside of the running community are talking about what Nike did and the two-hour marathon mark and so forth. And then all of a sudden it becomes a bit more common knowledge. It is brilliant because they hit it from all angles. You know what I'd like to see, Ryan, at races or at running shops? I would like to see a treadmill set to 441 and just say so that you can appreciate it. Maybe this is be a Nike branded treadmill and you say, all right, you want to get an idea for how fast this guy was running? Jump on this thing for 15 seconds. And that's going to be at what? Speed 15. That's what I would like to see so that you can get an experience because right now I'm still not able to relate to how fast this guy was actually running knowing that I've never ran that fast, even remotely in my entire life, to give me a taste of that and then to capture that on social and then see what people are really saying about the uh, the athletic feat that someone did this, even though he didn't break the world record. Well, it's four minutes and 40, uh, sorry, four minutes and 35 seconds or less per mile for 26.2 miles to break two hours. Four minutes and 43 seconds, 45, sorry, four minutes and 35 seconds per mile or faster. Again, most people will never even be able to do that for one mile, let alone 26.2. So it's pretty damn incredible. I see. I suggest anybody try to turn up that uh, treadmill. I don't even know if most treadmills will go to. I don't think they will. Sub five minute mile. I don't even think you can get a treadmill to go that fast. I average one anyway. I think they cap out at like five or six minute miles or something. All like right, that. Brian. So what's your action item? <laughs> um has any, anybody listening have you ever have you ever run a four minute mile or or let's, let's make it a little bit more tangible sub five minute mile what's your best mile let's ah, go there you go i like it this is better what is your fastest mile you've ever run whether it's, it was in high school or now tweet us that at bold ceo and at rob cressy as always Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to the Sports Marketing Huddle on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher.